All right, you guys, please welcome Kylie Brown. Okay, can you hear me okay? Is it working? Okay. <laughs> I've never worn one of these things before, so it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I'm Kylie. I recognize quite a few of you, but there's some of you I haven't got to meet. Um, I do go to school down in Laramie, so that's where I'm at most of the time. But whenever I'm here in Gillette, um, I get to be here in the high school room. And I also get to help Kylie McGowan Christensen <laughs> and Dan Canoose with our missions here. So that has been so fun. Um, if you would have asked me like several years ago if missions would have been something that was so big on my heart, like I don't even know what I would have said. Um, a few years back, Dan had asked if I wanted to go to Cuba, and I was like, yeah. Like, I didn't know what that entailed. Um, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I just said yes, and that ended up being South Carolina instead of Cuba. Um, so I've got to go to South Carolina. I've got to do our Gillette mission trip, and I just got home from Africa a little bit ago, and that was so cool. And I want to share a little bit about Africa with you guys, um, but I really, really want to share just what the Lord placed on my heart while I was in Africa, um, because it was just such a learning experience in just so many ways, and there's just so many things that happen. And obviously, I'm not going to have time to share everything with you guys tonight, but if you want to get coffee or, like, meet up another time to talk about more details, I would love that. But... Um, a little bit about Africa. I brought some pictures for you guys, and there's so many pictures, so I also don't have them all up on the board. But um, there's this thing called African time, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of what that is, but basically it's the opposite of American time in the sense of, like, Americans, we are so... We're such busy bodies, and we always have a schedule. We have a time and place to be places. We, have, we know what time we're going to go to bed. We know what time we're going to eat dinner. We know what time we're going to do this, and we have a million things on our to-do list. Well, in Africa, they're like the complete opposite. And so they are very like go with the flow is how I would explain it. And the best way that I've explained it to people since being back home is one day we were waiting on our bus and they said, your bus will be here to get you at noon. And our bus picked us up at 4.30. And you just learn to just wait and you learn to hang out and you learn to spend intentional time with those around you. And that is just about how like every morning looked. Like they'd be like, ready, be ready to go at eight. And we'd leave at like 11. Or like they'd be like, we are gonna go do some manual labor today and we do like two hours of manual labor or like, but it's just like, they are so just like kind of easygoing. So going into Africa, um, I went with an organization called Africa Freedom Missions, and they're actually based out of Columbia, South Carolina, which is where we go during the summer on our mission trips. And I went on this trip not knowing anyone. Like I did not know anyone out of these 50 people. And they said, I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing while we're in Africa. You'll do whatever your ministry partners want you to do. And so this looked like different things of us going out to villages. Um, we got to 
work in like a leadership conference with some middle school students. We got to do some manual labor and we just got to do some like evangelism around town. But these pictures are from the villages and as you can see in this middle one, I don't know why I thought that this was just so crazy to see in person, but you guys, they literally build their homes like in the villages. And I thought that was so cool to see. Um, and these are some of the kids we got to go with. And then on the next slide, um, these are a couple of the little girls that I got to spend a lot of time with. And I got to teach a craft. I got to teach the gospel through a craft. And after the craft, this little girl, the little girls, like eight-year-olds are little mamas. Like they have their little siblings walking around. And she takes her little sister and she looks at me. We didn't speak the same language. They spoke Tonga. And so she just looks at me. And she just hands me her sister. She's like, see ya. <laughs> like, I'm going to play games. <laughs> so I just got to hang out with them for a while. And that was super special. Um, and then on the next slide, you get to see, like, we got to play lots of games, which was super fun. And just through all of these activities, we had a translator at each activity. And so we got to teach the gospel through just spending time with them. And um, there was, like, a Bible study state. Bible study station, games, crafts, and yeah, it was so fun. And then um, on the next slide, these are just some of the older ones, and they were so funny because the older kids loved our phones. Like they thought it was so cool to see themselves in like a camera. And so we would be sitting there, and pretty soon you would have like 50 kids around you. Like, there was 250 kids out in this village, and they would just, like, swarm your phone. Like, they thought it was so cool. But, yeah, it was so fun. And there was just so much that happened throughout those times um, in those different places. That was just incredible. Um, for the leadership conference, I think this wasn't something I was going to go into, but every time I tell someone about it, I have to go into all the details with it because I think that what they're doing in Zambia is so incredible with it. Um, our ministry partners, uh, Luendo and Sanderson, they're a married couple, and we got to stay with them at their home. They do a leadership conference, and so what they do is they have teachers pick a couple students or a few students from each school in this area who are looked up to in their school. And some of these kids are considered like the naughty kids, and some are considered the really well-behaved kids but they're kids that people look up to. And so they get told that they get to come to this leadership conference. And through this leadership conference as eighth graders, they get to learn what it means to be a leader, but they're doing this through learning the gospel. And they're doing this through learning about characteristics um, that God wants us to have in leadership. And they start this at eighth, as eighth graders. And so they do this, they attend this leadership conference all throughout um, junior high and high school until they graduate. And they do this on all of their breaks. And their school's set up a little different than ours. They don't have like a long summer break. They just have a couple breaks here and there throughout the year. Um, and I thought that this was so cool because it was a few days. It wasn't very many. But by the end of this, I got to pray with these three boys and they were considered the naughty ones. And they told me that one of them, Austin, said that he wanted to do something in an orphanage when he graduated. Um, Everest said that he wants to go into ministry. 
and Richard wants to be a pilot. And this was a few days of them being here, listening to different speakers and just learning what it means to be a leader and learning what the gospel is. And um, they have a few more years of this. And so I thought that this was just so incredible and such a great way to just spread the gospel and get these young people up into their communities. Um, it was awesome. But that was probably one of the highlights of my trip. But when I got home, one question that I've been asked a lot is how my perspective has changed. And going to Africa, you would think like, or at least I thought that my perspective would be changed in a way of like cultural or poverty or something along those lines. Um, but when I got home and I had time to just sit and reflect on like how was my perspective changed, a huge thing that um, was really just on my heart was just the need for the gospel here in America. And I think that this is something that becomes so almost like Christian cliche, like our mission field is here, like the gospel needs to be here, like we need to go share the gospel throughout our hallways at school. And I'm on leadership down in, at our college ministry in Laramie, and that was one thing we talked a lot about this semester was like, we need to go share the gospel on our college campus. And it was going out into these villages where they're so secluded. A lot of them really, they don't have access to social media and all these things. And going out there and bringing the gospel out there, that really made me this click for me. Like, there are literally people, you guys, in your hallways that have never heard about who God is. There's people who have never heard who Jesus is. And maybe they've heard the name Jesus, but they don't understand what Jesus did for us. They don't understand what the gospel is. And this is so real. And Sanderson, so our ministry partner in Africa, he was kind of sharing his vision with us when we got there. And he said, he does a lot of youth ministry. And one thing he said was, my goal, my vision is to send missionaries from Africa to America. And we were like, oh, because like, that's not something you would necessarily think. But he was like, we've been to America a few times. Like, they've gone to the Mayo Clinic and things like that. And he said, the minute that he stepped off the plane, he's like, I just felt so much spiritual warfare. Like, there are so many people in America that need to know the Lord as well. Like, there's things that people in Africa can do to help us, and there's things that we can do to help them. Um, but either way, it's so important that we share the good news and we share the gospel. Um, I think that one thing I kind of thought about, because that was my first mission trip out of the country, and so I did a lot of missions here in the States, and um, I kind of, I started to realize, like, yes, there's poverty in other states. There's this and there's that. There's people who need this, but I don't think it ever really, like, hit me how much, like, there's people who need the gospel, and a huge misconception that I had personally was, like, that people who aren't believers are just choosing not to be believers. Like, they've heard of who the Lord is, but they just, they're choosing not to believe, when really, you guys, there are people who just need to hear that, and they will be so excited to hear about who that is, and um, in Africa, we would just ask one simple question. We just say, do you know Jesus? 
And that's all, it started the conversation. And people get so excited to listen about who, who Jesus is. And so I just wanna encourage you guys to um, just really let that soak in and just think about that. Um, Colossians 1.6 says, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. And when I read this verse, I thought about my own personal life because some of you know my story, some of you have heard it, but some of you have no idea what my story is. But the gospel changed my life. My life was very messy and it was hard and it was broken and everything in between. And I was not walking with the Lord. Um, I had heard about who God was. I had heard about church. I had heard about, you know, like the gospel. But it was when I really understood um, the truth about God's wonderful grace, just like this verse says. And um, maybe there's someone in your class or there's someone you know that they've, they know that there's a person named Jesus. They know that there's a God that people talk about, but they don't fully understand the truth about God's grace. And um, you guys, our mission field is not only in Africa, but it's here. And our mission, like people who go to Africa or people who go um, to South Carolina, those aren't the only people who are missionaries, but you guys get to be missionaries every single day. And you get to choose what that looks like. And I think that that's so special and it's so exciting. Um, when, at the end of our trip, we got to do like a lot of fun things. Um, I went bungee jumping and that was insane. And I'm pretty, twice, I did, I went twice. <laughs> and it was insane. Like I would say I'm a pretty like spontaneous person and it was so scary. But we also got to go on a safari, and then we got to do a like sunset boat tour. And while I was on the sunset boat tour, I wasn't feeling the best, and so I was kind of just like sitting off to myself, just enjoying the view. And I was just thinking about like, Lord, like what is my purpose? And I feel like at a young age, that is such a huge question. It's like. What is my purpose? How can I fulfill that purpose? How can I make sure that I choose the right path? How can I make sure I make the right decisions in that? And it's like so much pressure, especially at a young age. I remember when I was graduating high school and it was like, what am I gonna do next? Like, what if I choose the wrong thing? And now I'm almost graduating college and I'm still wondering the same thing. <laughs> and it's just this constant cycle. And as I was staring off, I just felt the Lord just say like, you overcomplicate this. Like you make this so complicated. Like all I'm asking is for you to honor me and just share my good news. And that might look differently for all of us. Like I do, we do all have different gifts and that's so special. But if I choose to be a teacher instead of a counselor, I can still honor the Lord in being a teacher and I can still share the good news in that. And if I chose to be a counselor instead, the Lord's not gonna be upset with me through that. Like he's just asking that we honor him with our lives and that we share his good news. Um, 
Colossians 1, 9 through 10 goes on to say, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And so that first verse when it says, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, um, that just I think goes hand in hand with our purpose. Like what is God's will for my life? And it is, it's just to honor him and do what pleases him. And that begins with just sharing with those around us like who Jesus is and what he did for us. Um, I have a song for you guys to listen to. And as this song plays, I want you guys to just sit quietly and to just reflect um, about how you can go out and how you can start your mission field tomorrow or this week or sometime soon, <laughs> not next month. <laughs> but I just want you to sit there and if it looks like you praying, if it looks like you just sitting there and listening, however that is for you, I just want you guys to ask God, like how can I go out and create my mission field? Like who can I talk to? Who needs to hear about Jesus? And how can I play a role in that? Um, Colossians 120 through 23 says, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firm in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. You guys, we have been appointed as God's servants to proclaim the good news and to share what that means. Um, so yeah, I want you guys to just reflect on this song for a minute while we listen to it. Um, while I was on our sunset cruise, um, and I was thinking about all of this, I saw some birds fly by, and it immediately made me think about in Matthew 6 when um, it talks about how the Lord says, if I'll take care of the birds and the flowers, and you're far more valuable than they are, like, why would I not take care of you too? And this passage is talking about worry, and what it's talking about, it goes on to say, um, for don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Today is enough for today. And here it's talking about when Jesus fed um, the 500. I almost said 5,000. <laughs> A lot of people. <laughs> and um, he was saying they were trying to take more than they needed for that day. And he said, like, today is enough, like, I will provide for you tomorrow, let's just worry about today, like, do you trust me to provide for you tomorrow? And so this passage is going on talking about um, 
how God is going to provide for us. And if there's one thing that I learned while I was in Africa, it's when you ask God for an opportunity to share his word or to share about who he is, um, he's going to provide that. And it's scary. Um, even being on my college campus, you guys, it's scary to talk to people you don't know. It's scary to share the gospel. Um, it is. But this whole passage, Matthew 6, I say, like really encourage you guys to go read it. It talks about worry and how God is going to provide through that. Um, and when you go out and share the gospel, it doesn't look the same for everyone. It looks very different. And so um, you can't get into this trap of comparison. When we were in Africa, there was about 50 of us who went and we split up into a couple of different teams. Um, a lot of the teams stayed in a place called Lusaka, and then my team went over to a place called Livingston. And our trips looked very, very different. Um, the Lusaka team witnessed a whole prison being saved. They witnessed healing. They witnessed miracles. Um, and our team planted a lot of seeds, you guys. And comparison, I'm just going to say, is a real thing, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter where your walk is at with the Lord, like comparison is a real thing. And so our team really struggled. We were like, what is different? What are we doing wrong? Like we haven't witnessed the whole prison being saved. Um, we didn't really witness a person being saved, you guys. But we went into these places that had no idea who Jesus even was, and we got to plant those seeds. And at the end of our time in Africa, we got to just spend time to debrief. And one thing we really debriefed on was that there's people that God needs to go plant seeds, and there's people he needs to go harvest those. And it's gonna look different for everyone. Um, but if we're only willing to go do the harvesting, then we're not going to get super far. Like the Lord calls so many of us to go plant those seeds. And so I encourage you guys, if you talk to someone about who Jesus is or you ask him a question or even just you guys walking in your hallways, just being a light, people see that. And so you guys are planting seeds by doing these little things that might not seem like this huge thing. It might not look like a whole prison being saved, but it matters. And I just encourage you guys to really, really not fall into that trap of just comparison or like, what's my purpose or what is God's will for my life? But to just really seek him and seek that. Um, I want us for like the last five to ten minutes um, to talk to the leaders in your group um, about just maybe ways that you guys can go out in your everyday life and create your mission field. Or maybe you want to talk about mission trips you want to go on or what that might look like in your life. Um, and then I really encourage you guys, um, I want to give you guys my phone number, you have Dan's phone number, I would say you guys probably have your leader's phone numbers. But to just whatever the Lord places on your heart to reach out to your leaders or reach out to one of us and just let us know what that is. Let us know how you want to go about that and help us to just let us hold you accountable. And I want you guys to hold me accountable as well because it's something that's hard. And I get to go back to Laramie soon and I 
get to learn to do this as well. Um, and I also just, I don't get to be here with you guys all semester all the time. And so I just want to be intentional with you guys as well. And I want to be able to be praying for you and just learning about what's going on in your guys' lives. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pray for us. And then I want you guys to go ahead and have that time for the last however many minutes. Lord, I just thank you so much for just who you are and the way you love us, God. And I thank you for the opportunities that you are just constantly giving us. Um, God, I just thank you for this generation, and I pray over them, Lord. I pray that you help them to just really see how wonderful they are, Lord, and how powerful they are, and um, just where their identity comes from, Lord, and that's in you. And God, I pray that you help them to be brave, and I just pray that you help them to just have a heart on fire for you, Lord, and to just share people about how wonderful you are and the great things that you've done for us. And God, I just thank you for the ways that you love us every single day, and I pray that you help us just show you that love in return. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.